Welcome to the Living Well Podcast from Morneau Chappelle. I'm your host, Mark Hennick. Today is a show about having it all, or at least trying to have it all. And certainly we've seen over the course of the pandemic and certainly well before that women are disproportionately affected by that. But by trying to juggle parenting and workplace leadership and, and all the roles that are expected of us. I'm going to chat with Rhiannon Rosalind. She's the president and CEO of the Economic Club of Canada. We're going to talk later in the episode about juggling parenting in the workplace, especially as a leader. But first, we talk a bit about changing corporate cultures to better support the mental health and well-being of everybody. The mental health of our labor force is at an all-time low right now. Whether you lost your job or whether you continue to work, work has changed. Um, Expectations have changed on what's happening in the household. Um, For me, you know, I am an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I've got two small children. This has had a massive impact on my ability to manage uh, not only my work, but also myself, my well-being. There's just so many demands on us and so much changing. And with any uncertainty, being grounded in yourself is incredibly important. And if we didn't already have good tools and tactics around that, then when something like this happens, we find ourselves at a loss with not um, with not uh, the ability to have the kinds of resources that we probably need right now. How are companies to deal with what I see as the inevitable surge of uh, demand on benefits programs, for example, which is going to hit their bottom line? Do you have a sense of how companies are prepared for that coming wave of need uh, that their employees are going to bring to them? I hate to say that I'm still seeing so much denial in this conversation, but I truly am. And I think that what needs to happen is if we don't address the economic and corporate infrastructure and change that within our society to address things like systemic racism, to address things like systemic inequality um, and systemic lack of understanding around mental health and well-being in the workforce. If we don't see that, we're going to see exactly what you said. We're going to see this massive surge um, in what companies are going to have to put out in terms of benefits and support, uh, long-term disability claims, all those pieces. If we come back to the drawing board and truly innovate around this, how can we create new culture within our workspaces? You say that there's been this blend between, you know, work-life balance, meaning that we're just living at work, essentially. I would argue that it's always almost been that way, Mm. that we have been trying to have these two separate identities where we come in as one self in the office space and we leave our, our home self and our personal life. And that is not possible. And that doesn't actually happen. So we see that if someone's going through something, a stress at home, and they're coming into work, we see an, a down a downplay in what they can produce. We see an inability for them to be able to, you know, communicate in the same way that they would normally with their colleagues. So how can we actually integrate into one life? How can work and life be all together in one? What does that look like? For me, I think it looks like shifting the focus um around what it means to compensate. So can we compensate with wellness? What does that look like? 
can we have within our teams um, an ability for everyone to come together and say, these are the personal things I'm dealing with. This is what's on my schedule personally. Mm -hmm. Everybody share. This is what's on my plate from a work perspective. How can we pool our resources? Because if Jane is going through such and such in two weeks where her son is getting, you know, some health testing, then how can we support her for those next two weeks as she's going through it? It's upfront. She's not trying to silence what's happening at home. Everybody is more productive. People are more willing to help when they know what's going on as opposed to just seeing somebody pull back. And then there's the automatic assumptions that we make because we lack emotional intelligence. We lack the ability to solidly communicate our needs and feelings. Mm, Now, from a productivity perspective, I mean, uh, there was the initial shock of everybody, uh, either companies uh, shutting down their operations altogether uh, or shifting to a work from home perspective and then getting used to the fact that people just can't be as productive at home. That's something I think that many companies, I hope they've come to terms with, that you just can't have the same kind of expectations on employees. Um, How do you see that moving forward in terms of the productivity of Canadian companies, Canadian workplaces uh, that are still more restricted, for example, than their counterparts in the United States? Will Canadian companies be able to regain their productivity uh, as we start to come out of this? Well, there's so many factors that are influencing our productivity. It's not just the fact that we are working from home. It's that there are so many restrictions on the way that we do business or the way that we gather, all of those pieces. So I think that has to be taken into account. What I would like to say, though, is that our productivity scale, you know, just because somebody's at the office doesn't mean that they're being productive. Mm. And again, we I think what this pandemic is starting to Um, ask us to focus on is, can we do more with less? How can we use our time more reasonably? Like I see so many of my, um, I don't want to say colleagues, but people that I'm, that I know that are in sort of big corporate, they spend about six or seven hours a day in meetings and then are expected to, you know, do all their reporting, do all their proposals, Mm -hmm. do all their emails. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. So I think we have to really have a, a, a corporate culture shift around what expectations are reasonable, what expectations and productivity, how can we line those things with well-being and balance and health? And I think that that's going to take a really innovative and deep um, dive into the way that we have set up our infrastructure because I would argue, Mark, that the infrastructure and the way that it's set up is broken and has been for quite some time. Mm. The pandemic is just highlighting what is already broken. 500,000 Canadians were calling in sick to work each week due to mental health already. Absenteeism or presenteeism where people are actually at work but aren't able to function at full capacity is something that we have been dealing with that's been costing companies and hitting the bottom line for you know, a millennium. Mm -hmm. So this can't be ignored. I think we have to get to a point where we are getting really serious about what it looks like to reorganize that infrastructure, meaning do we change the expectations that we put on employees? If we change those expectations, what as, you know, employers, what is our expectation? What's the return? And as for me as an employee, do I see a more balanced um, schedule as part of my remuneration? Mm -hmm. Is that something now that complements my salary? Um, Am I willing to take a little bit less in order to have more time for myself? You know, maybe that's what it looks like. And I know that there's some major blue chip organizations that are exploring things like this. 
What does it mean to reduce by 20% someone's salary, but ask them to only have a four day work week? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do those things look like as we shift into this really interesting time where not everybody is sending their children back to school? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really interesting. Coming up next on the Living Well podcast, I'm going to continue the conversation with Rhiannon and Rosalind about women in leadership and corporate leadership in particular and how they juggle that with parenting. But then also we talk about the role of dads and all that too. The Living Well podcast is brought to you by WellCan, a free mental health and well-being resource offered by Morneau Chappelle. At wellcan.ca and on the WellCan app in the App Store, you'll find information, assessments, and resources to support your mental health. WellCan resources are supplied by Morneau Chappelle's expert clinicians, as well as through partnerships with some of the biggest companies from across Canada and around the world. And now back to the Living Well podcast and your host, Mark Hennick. Welcome back to the Living Well podcast for Morneau Chappelle. I'm Mark Hennick. We're going to pick back up with our conversation with Rhiannon Rosalind. She's the president and CEO of the Economic Club of Canada. We're shifting gears a bit into parenting and and being a leader, a corporate leader. Uh, And the interesting thing about that is that if you hear a a little bit of background noise uh, in the course of my conversation with Rhiannon, it's because she was actively parenting at the time that she was working while we were speaking. In fact, I think she even had to lock herself in the bathroom so we could have a little conversation about it. So what you're hearing now is, is... is parenting and workplace juggling in action. This is impossible is really what it is the truth. And I say that as someone who's trying to do it with a child in the room right now in the middle of an interview, it is really impossible to do this and to, um, to do it properly or to do it perfectly. So what I would just want everyone listening to know is that we're all in this together. This isn't working uh, mm. clearly. And so it's actually such a beautiful a beautiful point for us to innovate and to find something that does work because our normal, I don't think is ever going to be normal. I don't think we're going to go back to the way that it was. Um, No matter what, there's been lasting shifts. And so I think that we need to really focus on how we can as a society and as culture be able to figure this out. Yes. We know that uh, women have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic, by the restrictions and work from home lockdown, because, you know, there's still this this uh, in deeply embedded idea that the women are the caregivers for the family. So now they're working from home where their kids don't know the difference. They're just mom or dad or whoever, but especially mom. Uh, so now they're dealing with two full time, two or more full time jobs uh, at home and, the, and never getting a break. Now, male, your male counterpart parts probably don't know quite what that's like. You know, men, I think, uh, have a substantial amount of gender privilege uh, that they don't have to deal with that kind of balancing. So, what do you hope that male CEOs, who are still the majority of CEOs and and board uh, members in corporate Canada, what do you think that they need to learn uh, from the female experience uh, through the pandemic of really carrying uh, twice uh, what they're carrying? Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that anybody who hasn't had that lived experience can understand mm. what that means. We can all practice our best, you know, empathy, but in the end of the day, I think what needs to happen is we need to have more female voices at that table. Mm. And so male CEOs, my advice to you if you want to understand, you know, how to really support and help is uplift women in your workplace to be in those leadership roles. And so it's it's for me, it's not a question even of just women in leadership roles. It's about respecting femininity in business. Femininity and feminine qualities can be embodied by men, women, and all genders and identities. But it's this idea that things like emotional intelligence, things like collaboration, things like creativity be valued within our corporate and economic infrastructure. And right now, that isn't the case. So, you know, most of the time when we have a, a you know, senior leadership sitting around a table, are they talking about the emotional health of their employees when they're talking about the bottom line? That's not common practice right mm. now. But that is what has to happen because if we don't address the you know elephant in the room right now, then we are going to be at a place where the economic implications will begin and then we'll be looking for the root cause of the problem, find it, and then have to go back from there. It's right. not worth it. We, we have to be able to make that shift. Yeah, you know, we absolutely agree. There needs to be a, a correction in the imbalance, for sure, in the numbers, but also, I think, a breaking down of that, that gender definition to begin with. You know, nothing bothers me more that when I'm out with one of my kids just, just to get a coffee or something, and it's happened more than once, somebody will inevitably ask if I'm babysitting. No, I'm not mm-hmm. babysitting my own kid. I'm parenting them. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. So dads can be parents too and need to take on more of that primary caregiver role. They need to be more caring, more engaged emotionally. Um, you know, how many times have we seen fathers who are emotionally disconnected from their kids and the, the negative impacts that that has? So I think we need to break down that identity too. But that is also, and I always am careful to not have this feel like men are to blame because we are all victims of the same broken society. Um, We are all victims of the patriarchy, men and women. And the patriarchy impacts men, just as you said, this inability to connect emotionally or this idea that, you know, emotions in, in men are not acceptable. And these are all the things that have led us to such severe mental health issues. And men are disproportionately impacted by those mental health issues. You know, when we look at suicides, and we look at all of these things, we see that these are impacting men. And I'd also say that there's a particular uh, framework on men where men have been the primary breadwinners. And so there's that pressure. And so if you're not that, if you if you're not going to you know bring home the bacon so to speak, then who are you? Where's your identity? So mm. women are trying to find a new identity in business instead of putting on a male identity. We need to actually lead as women. We need to nurture this economy back to back to health, and we need to nurture our labor force back to health. That takes love. That takes compassion. That takes communication and expression. And for men, uh, men need to be able to wear this new identity of what it means to be, you know, emotionally engaged, emotionally intelligent, um, connected and compassionate as well and have room and space for that. And so we're all suffering from this, this system that just is not serving us. It was designed for an economy that was 
built in a very different way. You know, we're not getting prepared to go out and work in the factory anymore. We're largely working with our with our minds and those minds need to be well in order to do that. Yeah. yeah. And we're seeing a, a yet another um, substantial uh, dramatic shift uh, toward remote work and, and a whole new work environment yet again. So hopefully that yeah. brings positive change with it as well. Yes. Rhiannon Rosalind is the president and CEO of the Economic Club of Canada. She joins me from home as every other guest so far has. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. You've been listening to the Living Well Podcast. Mark Hennick is our host and executive producer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the show. There's no cost involved. You just hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a rating to let us know how we're doing. For more information about the show and the WellCan Project, visit wellcan.ca. The Living Well Podcast is produced for Morneau Chappelle by Mark Hennick and Eye Contact Productions. I'm Dave Trafford. <laughs>